Welcome to Japanese London Living. I'm your host, Vanessa Villalobos, and I'm on a very simple mission to fill life with more Japan in London. I'll be uncovering practical ways to enjoy connecting to Japanese language, mindset, and lifestyle in our everyday lives here in the UK. In this first series, I'll be explaining the six steps of my omoshiroi method to bring language and lifestyle together. Episode 5 is about how teaching yourself Japanese is a bit like dining in a conveyor belt sushi restaurant. I'll be talking about my top picks for specific Japanese learning. Including books, podcasts, and activities for the three crucial areas of language, mindset, and lifestyle that you need to understand. If you haven't signed up for the Omoshiroi Guide, which accompanies this series of podcasts, I'd like to invite you to visit japaneselondoncom playbook and grab your copy. Okay, let's get on with the show. Have you ever been to a kaiten sushi restaurant? I just love the weird, futuristic simplicity of the conveyor belt concept. Tantalizing morsels of white, red, and orange fish. Laid like glistening gems on their thrones of rice, glide regally past. We grab what delights us most and devour it. Actually, I think the Kaiten Zushi experience is such an apt metaphor for Japanese study, in fact, for life in general. The choice can seem overwhelming, and we aren't sure what to pick. Sometimes we get put off by accidentally picking something that's not to our taste. Raw squid, salmon roe, octopus balls. We get it wrong sometimes. Other times, a new flavour surprises us and we acquire a taste for it. We don't need to gobble up everything that passes. We need to become more familiar, more discerning. In fact, The likelihood of getting exactly what we want increases every time we try again. Hey, we might even summon up the courage to ask the sushi chef with the big sharp knives for directly what we want. Ask and it is given. If you've been following my series about the omoshiroi method, you'll know that I believe learning Japanese should be just to your taste. That is, Both fun and interesting to you. And the way to make things fun and interesting is your way. To really consider what it is you enjoy and grab it, do it, read it, learn it, watch it, listen to it, eat it more, little, and often. Look, I just want to say that I do understand sometimes there are things which must be. Swallowed whole, there are grammar points to be memorized. 
there are Japanese language proficiency tests to be passed. At times, we must apply our grey matter very seriously to absorbing facts and the repetition of rules. However, truth be told, I think that most of us, myself included, can benefit by generally lightening up and enjoying the process of learning more. In this episode, I will talk about my top picks for how to teach yourself Japanese, including my specific Japanese learning resource recommendations, some books, podcasts and activities to cover the three crucial areas of learning, Japanese language, Japanese mindset and Japanese lifestyle. So, Have you ever been to a large bookshop, say Waterstones Piccadilly or the foils on Charing Cross Road and browsed through the Japanese learning section? Yeah, well, don't hold your breath. I have to say, no matter how enthusiastic you might be, the Japanese textbook section is always a bit disappointing. With a background in teaching English as a foreign language, I know that for years now, English language textbooks have looked like magazines featuring cutting-edge contemporary topics. In fact, one of the most popular series is called Cutting Edge. Um, Topics such as technology, the environment, travel. And they're all really attractively laid out and dynamically presented. Japanese textbooks, on the other hand, are generally printed in plain black and white with sparse stick figure illustrations and seem to focus mostly on dialogues about Jonzu-san talking to Suzuki-san, asking the location of the bus stop. That said, Japanese textbooks do serve as a useful springboard to further study. It can be very helpful to have a textbook as a foundation if that works for you personally to work through the material in this methodical way. Most traditional group language classes use either the long-standing publications of Japanese for Busy People, first published in 1984, or Mina no Nihongo from the late 90s. I used Mina no Nihongo in group classes myself uh, with a teacher to bring it to life and I enjoyed it. Japanese for busy people is sometimes unpopular for just using Romaji, the Roman alphabet, in the beginner level book. But depending on your ambitions on learning the writing system, that might be just what you want. Newer Japanese textbook series include Japanese from Zero and Genki. A main difference between them is that Japanese from Zero teaches the kana very slowly. Um, The first book teaches only one hiragana line per chapter, and then only the sounds learned are shown in kana, the rest in romaji. It's a slightly controversial approach, um, which works really well for some people. It was written by an American man who has a Japanese wife, and there's quite a lot of accompanying support online. 
Genki is one of the most popular textbooks and was mainly written by Japanese university professors. It moves more quickly with chapter one teaching hiragana, chapter two katakana, and from chapter three there are kanji. Okay, so those are the textbooks. To make up for the disappointment of the unflashy textbooks, um, which are a little bit much of muchness, I'd like to remember. Recommend a few Japan guides which have been released recently, which are packed with cultural information and fab photos. Be More Japan, The Art of Japanese Living, is a fantastic book I'm recommending to everyone.、Um, Published in 2019, it was anticipating the huge influx of visitors、um, to Japan for the 2020 Olympics. But it's a travel guide generally,、um, a long way from the boring old lonely planet guides I used to see. It's a DK eyewitness book, and if you're familiar with the brand, you'll know their publications tend to have a lot of lovely illustrations. This is no exception, and it covers everything you might expect and lots of things、um, that you might not. Similar in a way is How to Live Japanese by Yutaka Yuzawa. This is a brilliant book comprising of his、um, essays about how to live Japanese. The book isn't quite sure what it wants to be. The title should probably be How the Japanese Live, as it's a kind of comprehensive cultural reference guide rather than a do it yourself kind of guide. But it's very interesting. Tokyo by Steve Wide and Michelle McIntosh is the most aesthetically pleasing and deeply approachable guide to Tokyo and Japanese living that I've ever seen. It's like being led through neighborhoods by this friendly Australian Japanophile couple.、Um, And I'm dying to get my hands on their other books about onsen, Kyoto precincts, etc. I'd also like to recommend the gorgeous Hite Hiragana flashcards to add some colour to your studies. They're beautifully designed mnemonic cards with visual hints to remember the katakana and the hiragana characters. What makes them really special is the designers have chosen many Japanese things to illustrate the phonemes. They're just lovely.、Um, so, the second section I'm covering is Japanese mindset learning resources. When in Rome, do as the Romans do, a Japanese colleague once suggested to me, makes sense. I'm all for it. But What if you really have no idea what the Romans are doing? And what if the Romans are basically too polite to tell you what they're doing or what you should do, or if you're doing something they really don't want you to do? Learning as much as possible about Japanese ways of thinking and doing things will be a huge benefit for anyone planning to travel to Japan and will mean that you get shouted at and told off less often,、um, which is always a bonus. 
I'll never forget being on a train in Japan with some friends who were visiting from the UK when we were all in our 20s. The train was very quiet and there were hardly any people on it. And Katie had casually draped her leg over Al's as they sat next to each other on the bench seat. There was certainly nothing weird or overtly sexy about their behaviour. Suddenly a train conductor passed and became incensed by their public display of, of affection. This is not America, he barked at them in Japanese. There are children on this train. So it's almost impossible to stop all misunderstandings from happening. And perhaps he was just a grumpy old man having a bad day. We didn't realise that we were doing anything which could be construed as offensive. So we couldn't have um, avoided upsetting him. However, I have to admit, at that point I'd never read a book about Japanese etiquette which does seem a dry topic. There were less books available at that time and I'm delighted to recommend the uh, new, I think it was 2018, published guide, Amy's Guide to Best Behaviour in Japan, Do It Right and Be Polite, by American expat author Amy Chavez. It's a fresh and modern take on everything from bath to toilet etiquette to ordering in bars and restaurants and how I wish this book had been available when I first went to Japan. Um, she even explains what that weird tap is on the back of the loo. Another genre of books I'd highly recommend if you're interested in the type of self-help, philosophy, travel books, which have become so popular recently, is the um, Japanese wisdom explained afresh kind of category. I've mentioned before lots of times my writing mentor, Beth Kempton's wonderful book, Wabi Sabi. I can't recommend it enough. There are lots of other books available about many um, Japanese ideas from Ikigai to Zen. If you want any book recommendations, feel free to get in touch with me. Um, you can send me a message on the contact form on my website or email me, vanessa at japaneselondon.com. I'd be happy to share any um, specific book recommendations. And finally, um, podcasts are another really simple and accessible way to learn about the Japanese mindset. And two of the most popular ones about Japan are Tofugu and Abroad in Japan. Tofugu is great because it includes episodes about specific language learning points, but also um, much more general overviews of the culture. Abroad in Japan is full of anecdotes told from the point of view of the hosts, Pete and Chris. Lots of cultural um, anecdotes and discussion. So the third section here in this show is Japanese lifestyle recommendations. Are you one of these people like me? Who struggles to breathe if you put an entire piece of nigari sushi in your mouth at once? Um, yes, I have to bite them. And if it's something 
difficult like squid um it can make a terrible mess so I'm feeling like I've bitten off more than I can chew here trying to define a Japanese lifestyle. Um, but in the interest of simplicity, I would like to choose food and karaoke as areas of the day to day lifestyle in Japan that you will be hard pressed to escape when you visit. So in March this year, 2020, I went to an event. Remember those? I saw real people. Anyway, I got talking to a man who was going on honeymoon to Japan in the spring. It was their first time to visit, and he showed me their itinerary. It was breathtaking. He'd spent six months of evenings after work on the sofa with his partner, looking up where they wanted to go and carefully planning and scheduling. I guess he won't have been able to go, and I really hope that he can go next year. Anyhow, I asked him what Japanese restaurants in London were his favorites. He said, Oh,、um, I don't know. I haven't really tried any Japanese food. And I was all like, What? <laughs> Honestly, you could have scraped my jaw off the floor. London is so. Bountifully supplied with excellent Japanese restaurants. But it's easy to overlook. I suppose there's no way that you'd necessarily realize how important Japanese food is in Japanese culture until you go there. And there's so much else to think about when planning a trip the gardens, the temples, the cities, the Shinkansen journeys. And after all,、um, For example, the, the French are foodies, but we wouldn't prepare for a trip to France by eating loads of French food in London. We'd just enjoy it while we're there. Japan is a bit different, I feel. It can, Japanese food can be such an acquired taste that acquiring it ahead of your trip will make your experience so much more enjoyable. You'll know. Just what to order in restaurants and what not to. There's so much to take in on a trip to Japan that being baffled by the food can be not just an adventure, but an annoying distraction or even a disappointment. When my mum came to visit me in Japan, she was given a beautiful box of sweets by some friends when she left, and she took it on the plane with her. She was excited about having a Delicious treat and assumed the sweets would be full of chocolate or caramel.、Um, but every sweet that she bit into was full of ankle, the sweet red bean paste. Yuck, she said, and spat it out and tried another. Like mushed up baked beans, she said. I disagree, by the way. I love azuki beans, but it's an acquired taste and I've acquired it. <laughs> Of course, getting familiar with Japanese food won't just mean we have a better trip to Japan, but enjoyed more varied nutrition, textures, colors, flavors, and experiences in the meantime. The second area I chose as representative of a Japanese lifestyle is karaoke. Well, I've always kind of hated it. A colleague of mine in Japan was such an excellent singer, 
When she finished her turn, I was so embarrassed to take mine. I really disliked the way that karaoke can put you on the spot in front of an audience and that people expected a performance. Sing, sing, sing. Nonetheless, I found myself at karaoke countless times. I resisted it and made far too much use of the frequent nomihodai offers, all you can drink, to summon the courage. It always seemed to get a bit messy. Instead of resisting it, what if I just embraced it instead? I love music and I enjoy many types of music. If I just picked several songs and practiced them properly... By the way, did you know Japanese people are often known to go to karaoke by themselves in order to practice? I would have had a lot, uh, a much better time. So I'll leave you here with the famous words of Frank Sinatra. This has traditionally been a huge favorite with Japanese salarymen at karaoke. I planned each charted course, each careful step on the byway and more. Much more than this, I did it my way. So, I do hope that if you're following the Omoshiroi series, that you are being encouraged to do it your way. If there's anything you feel I haven't covered, please do get uh, do get in touch with me and let me know. And if you're serious about pinning down what you love most about Japan and your Japanese study plan, please do visit japaneselondon.com slash playbook. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Yoroshiku, onegaishimasu.